there's a reason why scripture talks about the fear of the Lord or the fear of God. And I think that that has to do with recognizing that the thing in front of us that we're afraid of might not actually be the most dangerous thing in our life. Well, all right, guys, welcome back to Resurgence Culture. It is taking uh, a legitimate pandemic for us to uh, be able to come back and and uh, be with you. But I'm super excited uh, because uh, we have everybody here who has uh, been guest favorites. Uh, as, as you well know, the one and only David McDowell is on here. Oh, yeah, I forgot they might not be able to see us. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> who, who does this with me, man? He is uh, the main man. Um, we have Micah James. Uh, hey, how's it going, everyone? Home City Church. And then we have the one and only uh, Yoda himself. <laughs> <laughs> not because he's old. Steve Shank. Come on, the man with the plan. There is no right. trunk. There is only do. Oh, <laughs> You know, you're just, dropping, just dropping bombs. I'm just here to listen. Eight. Yeah, I man. Just, I just quote Yoda at random at, at <laughs> any point in the conversation. I sound really smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I, as like it, it has been uh, a while since we've had a, a chance to have this conversation, but like this has uh, given us reason to all gather together. And uh, you usually would do it in a room. We'll have some mics up and we'll, we'll talk and laugh. But uh, because of the current situation, we have to do it over Zoom. And, and so uh, just kind of want to talk about the reality that we're all kind of facing in this new world uh, uh, that is uh, the coronavirus. Uh, uh, David's fiance said something to us, and, uh, and it's just really stuck in my, my mind uh, the other day when we were doing a Zoom prayer uh, with uh, some folks from the church, and it was uh, about... Uh, that we have been uh, forced to slow down. And uh, that's kind of really stuck with me. So, uh, yeah, I just want to kind of uh, maybe we'll start off with uh, you, Micah. What is What does this look like? What has this been looking like for you and, and uh, you know, the people that you've been engaging with? Yeah, so it's it's obviously a, a big change for, for everyone. Um, so I am bivocational. So um, I have a job that I work four days out of the week. And then, um, you know, do the, the church stuff uh, on the on, on Wednesdays. Uh, so uh, that that other vocation is actually construction. So I'm considered an essential employee still at this point. So um, it's been making some adjustments with work related stuff and just kind of changing it up. But, um, you know, of all the scenarios that people are going through, I'm, I, I consider it blessed because I'm still able to work and and get income. And so it's it simplified some of the other more chaotic um, and distressing fears, even though we didn't know that quite off the bat. It took it took a about a, a week to kind of finalize that that we're still all good. But uh, but yeah, so it's it's been um, uh, it, it's been different. But there's it's been a lot of a lot of things that I still have to kind of continue doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, how about you? How what is what is the same question? Is this new new space is uh, a pastor who is also full-time and is also out, uh, you know, uh, doing uh, jobs here and there with, with some of the properties that you have. What has that been looking like for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a change in our, our family dynamic. I think that's probably been the biggest change for us is 
having the kids out of school for so long and then you know they're <laughs> so we're we're all fighting over the use of the computer because it's my it's my <laughs> office slash school space for three different kids so hmm. um, and that's probably been the the biggest change is everybody being home and not having our normal routines and getting a little stir crazy and having to make new new things work that you know nobody really knows what they're doing the teachers have never taught this way we've never mm -hmm. parented this way the kids have never done school this way so that's that's probably been the biggest stressor um and then with the church i mean just trying to figure out what our response to all of this should be and i mean the first probably two weeks it was we we came up with a response and then 30 seconds later we had to scrap and come up with a new response yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah and then we're like well i guess we'll just stop trying to do that uh so um, yeah i mean i think i think we're at a place now where we at least had some idea around how we will be doing church in the midst of all of this mm -hmm. for however long it lasts although i i do definitely worry that there are people who maybe aren't aren't being connected with in ways that, that we hope they would be, or, you know, I don't want people falling through the cracks, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what the last couple of weeks have been like, but I mean, I would say we're doing good. Like I'm our family. I think the biggest fear that our family has is that baseball season will be canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're fine. You know, yeah. obviously that, that yeah. doesn't, mean that there aren't people that we know and love that are being more seriously affected than that. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you, David? Yeah, well, I mean, I work two jobs too. Uh, I'm I'm considered non-essential in one of them, and we have a, a conference call on Thursday, and they might be going under. So, oh no. Yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't really affect me, but it affects a whole lot of other people. So. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that I mean that's that's about the biggest thing. Well, let me tell you something, man. You're essential at Resurgence. Well, yeah. Oh! Oh, yeah. That you know you're not going anywhere, sir. I, I'm here because he here. encourages me like this. That's why I stick around. That was beautiful. I feel encouraged and that wasn't even to me. <laughs> our, our church board said they wanted to have a conversation with me about what constituted essential employees at the church. I, should I be worried? <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> Resurgent City, you hiring? Are you hiring? <laughs> well, they actually said that they were just going to be piping in Eliza's online. <laughs> yeah, I, I was told by my board is that like uh, you were non-essential. Uh, Steve is going to be taking over. So I, get, I think we're getting our, 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 our wires crossed there. No, so like I think like, you know, it's, it's interesting for me, like you guys are saying the same things. Like I, I have found great joy um, uh, in just the moments that I have gotten to spend with my wife, right? Yeah. Like, and my son, um, like, as you guys know, ministry is hectic and it's crazy. And I have just been running like, you know, and I don't think I, I truly understood how much I was running until this, this time of being forced to slow down and, and realizing like, holy smoke, like I'm usually going, uh, even if when I'm taking care of justice, um, I'm, I'm, I'm out and about, I'm dragging them to a meeting here and a meeting there, whatever. And we're, you know, we're trying to get stuff going or whatever and like the ability to just kind of say like like oh let me spend time with you like my mornings uh you know whenever me and Janie kind of alternate every once in a while or whatever who wakes up with justice I get to do my devotional with him and mm -hmm. so um instead of like reading it out loud or whatever like I'll put on you version and I'll pray with him and like 
and like that has been like like the most amazing times and me and my wife are getting a chance to like go and walk and, and pray we just re rode our bikes earlier today just kind of spent some like me and her time because he's at the sitter uh right now and so like those have been like great blessings and, and what i realized really quickly is that um like i did not have a rhythm right like i did not have a rhythm and, and this is a thought that's kind of come to my mind is that like um the effectiveness of Jesus because you know was that he had a, a consistent rhythm like you read about it in the scriptures right like he he was disciplined and he had a rhythm and I think we take busyness for rhythm and discipline and and so when things like this come and they jar us right we enter into these like spaces of fear and doubt and and all this questioning so like I want to ask like like, have you guys found that, like, in some of the conversations um, that, that you know, and anybody can just answer and chime in here. We, we just kind of have a free-for-all conversation. But, like, have you guys found that? Because I feel like as I've kind of talked to people, been on more Zoom calls than I think I've <laughs> ever been on in my life, you know, like, I feel like that's, that's it. It's like this space of, like, doubt and fear. And what I find when I'm talking to people, guys that I disciple, is that, they never had any type of real rhythm. There's no discipline with their time with God. And so then they're asking and drawing for, you know, drawing at straws because they're like, you know, they have nothing to cling on to, you know what I mean? And their faith almost seems like a vapor. Like it's, it's almost like on the shaky ground. It's like, man, it hasn't gone anywhere. You know what I mean? Like uh, talking with one guy, he's like, well, I don't even know if I'm still a believer. And I'm like, what? What happened? Like, you know what I mean? It's been two weeks. But, you know, so, uh, I mean, those are the conversations that I've had. I don't know if you guys have had similar conversations. Yeah, I think uh, I think I've noticed with people that have routines, and now it, it's different. Um, so it's almost like the same the same issue, but just from from the opposite side, kind of coming in. People that had routines that they were used to, and now all of a sudden it's getting shaken up. And I think that looks like, or it plays out in their spiritual walk. I think it flushes itself or it's the most noticeable with family life and, uh, and obviously employment when you, when you're used to a certain amount of time around somebody, and then all of a sudden you've got more time around them or around them in a different capacity, it can flush out some of the stuff, you know, maybe that you realize weren't good or, or were good or whatever that looks like. So I've seen it more from the other side of the street of, of, people that had routines that now that routine is disrupted and they're trying to find a new normal. They're trying to find a new, um, you know, uh, whether it be routine or whatever. Um, but I think, I think the, the point that you're kind of making is it, it disrupts or it shows it's revealing where we have our anchors, what we're tied to, what the things that we say we value and um, uh, say we believe and seeing if those things are actually what we value, what we're anchored, what we're actually anchored to. Yeah, no, that's really that, that word anchor. I think that's a, a helpful, um, helpful way of thinking about that. I mean, I, I've, I've thought a lot about the, the, you know, Elijah, I guess we were talking about this before we started recording, but just the, the role of hope in a situation like this. And that passage from scripture uh, from Hebrews where it talks about hope as an anchor for the soul. Mm. Um, but specifically because it, it talks about it entering into the, you know, the, the holy place um, where how Jesus has entered into the holy place where we can't go. Um, and again, just that like hope is, 
well, it's what it anchors us to the future reality of of God's fulfilled promises, even though we don't have that experience in the present. Um, mm. And a, another passage again from Hebrews that I've been thinking about a lot in the midst of all of this um, is uh, the he- Hebrews 11 and 12, where there's that like long litany of kind of heroes of the faith. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's specifically talking about faith. It's talking about how all of these people are examples of faith, but then like those examples often what they look like is either hope in action or courage in action, right? Yeah. Faith looks like is hope yeah. in the midst of bleak circumstances or courage in the midst of painful or fearful Messy. circumstances. And there's just, it's like, boom, 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 like a hundred stories of that, right? Right. Um, and even like in the, in the midst of it, it says, um, yeah, all these people were still living by faith when they died and they didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them from a distance and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. And it goes on in that. But just again, that idea of like hope and courage in the midst of, um, you know, loss and temptation to despair and pain and suffering, that that's actually what faith looks like because mm-hmm. we're anchored to the person of Jesus we're anchored to the promises of God and that like and again that's how an anchor works right you're connected to something solid and so even if the wind and the waters are raging like you're still connected to the solid rock underneath all of that um and that that's yeah that's good and like these that's that's the thing that I think more than anything else I want to cling to is it's like we're as much as we're in strange times I don't know that any of the four of us would make that list, right? Like, <laughs> oh, and then Steve lived through the coronavirus. Okay? Yeah, so right. That's, you know what I mean? Like, these right. are people who were like, really up against it, not like us. And yeah. so, like, that's like, and then they 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 were anchored to the person of Christ through much more serious challenges to their faith. Um, yeah. And so, like, I think that you know. You're, you're, what you're anchored to gets revealed in, in the storm. Like that's, that's how that works. So yeah, I, I, I just started preaching Micah, but you got me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's why I, I'm here just to hear that. <laughs> I, actually wanna, I actually want to piggyback on that. I, um, uh, I don't know, David, you could chime in after this. I, I apologize. I know you were about to say something, but like, uh, like I just went to that verse. There's two verses, right? So like, like I was just thinking about that in Hebrews six nine uh, six nineteen it says this hope is strong and tr- and trustworthy anchor for our souls right like those are the adjectives it is strong and it's trustworthy and then um, uh, it was what was it Hebrews twelve is it Hebrews twelve um, yeah Hebrews twelve twenty seven I'm gonna start here at uh, at uh, is it 10? Is it uh, 10? I'm sorry, Hebrews 10, maybe. It says, let us, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of the ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect, neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue uh, soon after we have received knowledge the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There are only terrible expectations of God's judgment and the raging fire that consumes his enemies. Um, 
and uh, I just missed it. So it was that one, and um, it's the scripture where it says, uh, what can be, sh- uh, here it is, it says, um, uh, this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things remain. Since we are receiving the kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God for by worshiping him in the holy fear and awe for our God is a devouring fire. And like, anyways, those, those scripture verses just like came to mind as you were just talking about this hope. It's like, this is the hope that we're talking about, first of all, right? A hope that's trustworthy, a hope that is strong, hope that is true, the hope that lasts, right? Like, and, 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 and like, like that, that is what we are. That is what we, we sit down and we're just like, like marvel at about the goodness of God, right? Because our God, and he ends it with, our God is a consuming fire. This is the picture, right? Like it is a devouring, devouring, consuming fire. And so like, I think for me, like, like there's something that happens. There, there's, there's kind of two extremes that kind of happen in, in times like this, right? There's like extreme fear, um, which consumes us and we kind of just throw everything out and, or the, the opposite of there's just like, we don't pay attention to like, this is a moment, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and we're just like, well, it's whatever. Like, and it's, it's not, you know what I mean? The yeah. truth is people are dying. Over 4,000 people in the United States are dying. And those by those are, those are somebody's moms and dads and brothers and sisters. Now, yeah. People die every day. I'm not saying like, you know, whatever that changes, but like we're paying attention to that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's for a reason. And so like, what is the Christian response in that, right? Like what extreme do we go to or, 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 or where do we land on this like giant spectrum? What's healthy and what gives the best like gospel, um, uh, picture, you know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense? Like, I don't know. So ask that question again in one sentence. That wasn't a question, actually. It was it was just me kind of riffing. But I I guess what I'm saying. Okay, so let me let me. I guess I did tag a little question onto that. Uh, but Does that makes sense. <laughs> I guess no. I guess what I'm saying is like, how do we in this moment not allow fear to devour us and display God in this moment well? Because the truth is right um people are losing people like this stuff is real that's what I, that's yeah. what i'm going to that's yeah, what i'm saying right? it's real there's real loss like you know what i'm saying that that's happening with this and so um yeah like what does that what does that look like for us to have a real gospel response because knowing that people are actually losing people you know what i mean uh and but at the same time not be consumed by fear yeah well, I have some thoughts if I can jump in. I, I think I, I, over the last probably week, this has kind of jumped to jumped to the forefront for me. But it's it's almost like looking at at history as as God's story, that all of us are just a part of of what this story is. And so, as I've tried to say, okay, with the uh, uh, the focus, you know, um, you know, the focus that. Uh, we have to have and that we can demonstrate now is to say, okay, this is all part of a bigger story. So there's a, there, there was a before there's a, what we're experiencing right now. And there's, there's something to come as well. And as, as the Bible kind of lays out, it's God's interaction with mankind throughout that story. And so to posture myself 
in a response to be able to grasp, okay, God, what are you doing in this part of the story? What are you doing right now for, you know, in, in, in leading up to where you're going to be taking us? Um, and so uh, it, 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 keeps, it keeps perspective. It keeps, um, you know, uh, it, God is interacting in each moment in history. So it, it, it still has value. Each moment right now has tremendous value. What's happening is real and, and all of that. But it's also to keep perspective and focus on, okay, God, but what are you doing right now? What are you doing in, in this moment? Um, and trying to, to catch that wave um, so that we can be the church in this moment, uh, you know, because God's not caught off, caught off guard or surprised by, by what's going on. So if we as his body, as his church, can step into this moment with that perspective, then we can, we can love the people that are, that are hurting. We can help those that are going through it. We can stand with those, you know, in, in fighting against this, this, this virus and, and all of that, um, but also with the perspective of where we're going. Okay, so I hear that. I hear that. And I, I'm going to kick this one off to, to David here. David, you started off, and but let me play devil's advocate for a second, right? Yeah. Like, but, but, but pastors, but leaders in the church, right? Um, am I sinning because I am afraid? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I have actual fear about this thing? Like, like, you know, is, is that, is that showing my lack of faith in God or am I like, you know, uh, because my natural response is that every time I turn on the news and they say things like global pandemic and like, you know, this thing is, is just at the beginning of the, uh, it's movement. Yeah. Like, are, well, I think are you that's... saying it's not, uh, and I want to go to David first and then we'll, we'll okay. come around. But like, are we saying that like, Fear is not the right response, or is a is ungodly response. I don't know because I don't necessarily feel fear towards this. I so that so I don't know. That's not my response to it. You know, I think. You know, I don't. I don't. Well, and partially that has to do with the fact that. You know, Buffalo is not necessarily the epicenter of this right now, and I'm not necessarily in the demographic where this is, you know, directly affects me. I think what, um, I, I feel like I just have a, a cautious, um, yeah, just kind of a cautious perspective because it doesn't necessarily affect me, but it affects other people that I could directly affect. So I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I think there's a, a healthy respect that you should have for it. I don't think, I don't think fear is the right response, but that, that all depends on what exactly you're fearing and why you're fearing it and where it's coming from. So, I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to look at the, the root issue here and, and really, because it's a case by case, you know, individual, because if someone has like, you know, you know, uh, they're immune and compromised or whatever, should, should they have more of a fear towards this than, you know, the regular person? Sure. And is that probably fear isn't, I mean, maybe it was induced in, and, um, uh, lifted up further by like what the media says or what, you know, what they're intaking. But I mean, I think that's a case by case basis, but I don't think fear because, you know, you're inundated with 24 seven news. I don't think that's the right response. Yeah. Steve. So what do you think about that? I like, that's interesting. I, I hear what David's saying, but like, so what if you're a believer and who is more susceptible to this, right? 
So like, the question specifically is, is fear an ungodly response? Is fear an ungodly response to this situation? Because this is what, like, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. So, like, like fear is not always a bad thing. Fear keeps us alert, right? Like, like you know, it, it, it helps us realize, like, hey, maybe don't walk that direction because, like, that's a bad neighborhood. There's a, there's a high crime rate right there. That's a good, there's a good chance that you could get mugged or that dog is growling at me. That's not, you know, it's foaming at the mouth. Like it's probably not the best thing to go and try and pet it. Like fear does those things as well. <laughs> and so like, you know, if fear is telling people to, you know, to driving them when they're pasture, right? Like for me has been calling around saying, Hey guys, what does it look like for us to go and serve some people during this time? And I'm getting some good responses. I'm, and this is not a rebuke to them that are like, Hey, like, I don't want to get sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so what I'm saying is for the, the church person who's going to be hearing this in all three of our bodies here, like, it's fear ungodly in that moment. Like, am I doing something wrong, right? Well, so I think I would want to say a few things. The first is that um, I don't think fear is always wrong, as you pointed out. Well, and at the risk of, I, I don't want to pull, pull this into another conversation that we have from time to time, but like people's personalities, we're temperamentally um, wired differently around fear. Uh, some people are way more susceptible to fear than others. I happen to be somebody who has a, like an extremely low, um, the, the technical term is I'm extremely low in neuroticism is the personality score. And I'm like 4%, which means like out of, out of a hundred people, I'm going to be lower in my my um, my uh, sensitivity to negative emotion than 96 of the people in the room. So you're the guy in the scary movie that's going <laughs> into the you hear the uh, bump uh, in the clock uh, downstairs and you're like ah let's go check it out right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so and and but that's you know that doesn't mean I'm more godly because I don't experience fear. That's just for me. And, and, so, and to your point, I think there are situations where the right response is to not pet the dog because it will bite you. And if you're more sensitive to fear of large growling mangy animals, you're going to be less likely to get in bed. Right. But there are also situations where fear actually paralyzes us or gets us to do the wrong thing. And so mm -hmm. I think that's, that I would say is ultimately neither here nor there. Um, but when you start asking questions like, okay, well, then what do we do? Like, how do we act? I think, do we let fear drive our actions or do we let God drive our actions? Do we let fear drive our actions or do we let love drive our actions? I think that's when you start getting into questions of that, that are, are more, more appropriately kind of, yeah, like I think that, that not, not, not that we shouldn't be paying attention to our fear, but what we really should be doing is asking, okay, I'm afraid, so what? What should I do? What does God want me to do in this situation? And there's going to be times yeah, where, oh, I don't want to get bit by a dog. I won't pet the dog. But there's also going to be situations where it's like, with your first example, I don't want to get mugged, but I do actually want to share the love of Christ in, in to my neighbors. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like, there's there's actually the first question of am I afraid great then the second question okay what does God want me to do in the face of my fear and not always God doesn't always want us to just jump into dangerous circumstances but sometimes he yeah. does and I think the yeah. third thing that I would point out is that 
there's a reason why scripture talks about the fear of the Lord or the fear of God. And I think that that has to do with recognizing that the thing in front of us that we're afraid of might not actually be the most dangerous thing in our life. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is just kind of a random example, but um, you know, people are uh, afraid of letting their kids out of the house because they might get kidnapped. And that ends up leading to us raising children who are like incapable of like, you know, navigating life on their own. Interacting like, with yeah, people. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, what's the real danger? Yeah. Is the danger right. that my yeah. child might be kidnapped or is my, the danger that I might raise a perpetually infantile adult? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that's not the best example, but you get the point that I'm making, right? It's, it's like, well, what should we be most afraid of in this situation? Yeah. And, and like, I, I would think that we would want to be afraid of missing out on God or missing out on where God is at or what he's doing or what he wants for us, because that's, that's, that's the place of, of greatest blessing for us and for our neighbors and for our world is when we're tapped into what God is doing. And if we're afraid of the barking dog, we might miss out on the fact that God is actually doing something. And if we can, if we can move forward in love and encourage in the face of something that's genuinely scary, then we actually can be a part of what God is doing in this situation. So, yeah. I don't know, those are a lot of like yeah. maybe thoughts at the philosophical level, but Mike is going to bring no, that's, that's, that's great. I'm just, I'm raring to go on this. this yeah. Is, yeah. This, go this ahead. Man. I yeah. want to piggyback a little bit. I want on uh, what, what Steve said too, is like, it, it's really what, what God's doing in, in, in a situation. Right. So the, the fear of the Lord, right. That's that reverence. And so maybe the thing it's, it, there's almost different definitions of fear. And that's kind of what Steve was, was breaking down. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's almost not if, if I'm afraid should I be afraid? Is that right or wrong? It's almost like, what do I do with this fear? Because there's, there's different fears and, and, uh, and it plays out in different ways. So if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Fear of the Lord is the, is the utmost, our reverence of God, God, what are you doing? Because there's different scenarios that play out in scripture, right? You have, you have Paul who's, who feels like God's telling him to go back and to preach um, and he's getting words from everyone. Everyone's telling him like, don't go back, don't go back, don't go back. And he's like, no, I have to go back. No, he's stepping into the scariest thing, right? That's right, right? So then, but God is saying, no, I'm in this, I'm doing this. But then you have the scenarios where uh, Joseph and Mary escape, right? They leave the persecution that's going on with King Herod. They go to Egypt because God said, no, I'm removing you from this, right? This is this is the way. So it's not standing in the face of Herod, like massacring, you know, people, right? Saying, no, I'm I'm gonna remove you off and I'm doing something else. So so I think it's what are we most afraid of in the sense of what do we revere? If we break down fear into what we're reverencing, are we reverencing God or are we reverencing the situation? And so um, you know, th there's a scripture too that says perfect love casts out fear. And so again, piggybacking off of what what Steve was saying, that like as we have this emotion of of fear that's happening, right? And we're trying to navigate through that. If it is reverence of the situation over God, then it's saying, okay, as 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 my revelation of God's love increases, or maybe I just need to be reminded of that. Maybe I just need to get back to to, to remembering that, and it will kind of shift everything out. Like that fear will dissipate as love kind of increases. And so it's it's really about seeking seeking God with with that. Um, and finding out, okay, God, what are, what are you doing in this? What are you doing right now? 
um, on a larger scale, uh, like I was saying earlier, but then as Steve just kind of brought out really powerfully, it's, it's, it's also on that individual scale. Like this is what we need to be doing for decisions that we have to make about our kids, about where we're going, you know, what stores we're going to, all, all that right now in, in everyday life is, is navigating that question, navigating that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David, I saw you, you were, I saw the gears turning. What were you thinking on that? No, my, so where would I go? I mean, of course I, I agree with those perspectives and I think they're great, but like, okay, so now what? Like I hear, okay, so what is, so if we're saying, okay, so what's God doing? So what is he doing? And like, so then what is our response? Like, is our response to go like hand out flyers? Like we've been talking about this. Are we like, oh, you know, call me and I'll pray for you. Or we'll have like Zoom prayer sessions or like buying groceries for all my neighbors. Like, so what, I don't where does the rubber meet the road? Where does this thing become like, okay, so as a disciple of Jesus, you should be moving beyond your fear and engaging with your neighbors at a six foot distance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, that's, that's where I, like what, what is, what is healthy and good? Yeah. So we are going to pause right there. We're going to, we're going to put a pause on this right here and we're going to uh, go into part two of this discussion. Uh, and uh, it's gonna, that's an awesome segue to say, okay, so now what? What do we, what do, we do now? We, we have all these thoughts together. We understand how our fear plays um, and, and what is, what is a godly response to that, that real fear that some of us are, are, are really feeling. And so, but what do we do now? All right, 